You are now listening to the Griot's Black Podcast Network, Black Culture Amplified. Hello and welcome to Acting Up, the podcast that dives deep into the world of TV and film that highlights our people, our culture, and our stories. I'm your host, Courtney Wills, Entertainment Director at The Grio, and this week, we're diving into Trees of Peace. Trees of Peace is a film that hit Netflix back in June. So it's not a new one, but it's definitely one worth watching. It may have flown under the radar because it's not a big star-studded project, but it is hugely important and insanely well done. It's directed by first-time director and screenwriter Alana Brown. The film is produced by Nicole Avant, who you should know from her storied career as a producer. She was also a diplomat who served as the ambassador of the U.S. to the Bahamas. She's also the daughter of renowned music mogul and former head of Motown Records, Clarence Avant, known as the Black Godfather. If you didn't see that documentary on Netflix, you should. She produced it all about her dad. And her mother, Jacqueline Avant, was a renowned philanthropist who tragically lost her life during a home invasion last year. Her husband, Ted Sarandos, is the CEO of Netflix. And Nicole is just an overall badass who really uses her influence and her power to help other creators and particularly other women creators. And that's what she did with this project from Alana Brown. I wanted to talk to both of these women all about how they came together to put out this remarkable film that is based on true events. Trees of Peace won the top three jury prizes at ABFF, including the John Singleton Award for Best First Feature. It also earned the top jury award at the Santa Barbara International Film Festival after it premiered there last year. And it's adapted from Sharon Guskin's novel, The Forgetting Time. Here's the logline. Four women from different backgrounds forge an unbreakable sisterhood while trapped and in hiding during the genocide in Rwanda. So that's the setup for this film, and we're going to get into it right now. Here we go. Hello, ladies. Thank you so much for joining me today. Of course. Thank you so Yeah. This movie, Trees of Peace, my God, is really my reaction to it. Um, such a beautiful and harrowing piece of work. Um, I have so many questions for the both of you. But first, you know, you tackle a story of this magnitude, of this depth, and of this, you know, it's based on true events. So it's real, you know. Um, what is the thought process like that as as creatives coming to a project and deciding to say yes to something that going in, you know, is going to hurt, probably hurt you, hurt the people who watch it. You know, like, what is that like going in? That's a great question. It's funny. I was just speaking with someone yesterday about the film who said that she had to pause it, like, you know, incrementally, because it was so hard to watch. And it was like almost almost traumatizing to watch, which, you know, and I've, I've had people say like, they loved it. They loved it and they will never watch it again <laughs> um, because it was just so hard to watch. So yeah, going into that and having, you know, um, started writing the script, you know, near 10 years ago and having lived with this for so long, um, it's been, you know, I think what <clears throat> going into it, it was just when I, when I first, you know, was reading the true accounts and things that inspired the story and that Rwanda has the highest percentage of women in government of any country in the world. It was like, despite the difficulty of telling the story, um, it was so worthy that, that the, the, the pain of it, 
uh, it, it didn't matter. Like I had to, I, I had to put myself aside, um, and just, you know, power through it. Um, I know like in particular one specific, um, you know, piece of the journey that was, you know, I cried while writing the script, but one particular piece of the journey that was really hard was going to Rwanda and visiting the memorial sites. And I was just like, there was, a, there was a lot of tears, a lot of anger, a lot of, just a lot of emotion. It was very, very emotional and life-changing. And, um, and it was just, you know, I, I think the, the, the emotional response that I had further informed the importance and worthiness of the story. Um, so I think as, as a storyteller, I think, you know, most of us, if not all of us should feel some sense of like that emotional, that emotional investment in, in the stories we're telling. And I definitely had that with this one. Yeah. I like, agree. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, it's like, in order for this to be good, <laughs> it's going to be painful. I would imagine. Nicole, yeah, what do you right. think about that? Right. I, you know, for me, I think that as human beings, we all learn from each other's experiences, regardless of gender, regardless of race, regardless of time and history. That's the way we learn. We learn through pain. We learn through growing pains. We learn through the pain of other people. I mean, I get up every day wanting to be my best, striving to be my best, at least with the intention to be my best, but because of knowing that I do stand on shoulders of lots of people who didn't say no, who didn't quit, who didn't stop, who who didn't even get to live their dream that they were dreaming, but they dreamt it for me, you know? And so I'm always drawn to stories that will empower and that will motivate and that will inspire and, and stories of victory. And when I saw the rough footage of this and I saw what Alana was able to do, her writing was brilliant and beautiful and deep the directing was profound. I mean, I would have thought it was multi-million dollar budget. You know, it was beautiful. And I thought, my God, this is this is a story of, of heroines that are that are through their challenges, through the worst of times, made a decision to be victorious. And I always respect people who choose to be victorious. And so that's what drew me to the story and to the project and I wanted to just work with Alana any way possible because I thought who is this brilliant woman who's so smart but but the writing was incredible I yeah. mean each character was so deep which is why everyone's saying girl I had to pause I have so many texts and by the way people my friends were white who were Asian who were black who whatever all of them had the same response. I, I, I watched half, going to watch the rest of it tomorrow. Or I'm, I've watched it three times and had to pause in between. Because I think especially after this pandemic, when everyone started re, reworking their mind and their hearts, this just was a great reminder of, yeah, you know, this. you can see the goodness in humanity and the worst of humanity. And all of us have to choose what kind of human we want to be and what kind of human we want to be showing up in the world. And I think this film allows people to ask themselves that question. I mean, I, all my girlfriends, I don't know about you, Alana, but all my friends who watch it said, we all decided which one were we going to be? Who, who were you most like, you know? And, and it's interesting because I found myself in all of them a little bit. Yeah. And so I'm just, I, I'm just beyond proud of this film, beyond proud of what Alana and, 
and Ron and Michelle Ray, everybody that what they what they put together is just it was very important, which is why I wanted to be a part of it. Alana, you said it took 10 years to write this. Tell me a little bit, like, take us on that journey. Where did it start? You know, what planted the seed? Why this project? And then, you know, 10 years later, why now? Yeah. Um, so I was, I was, I was working my, my day job back then. Um, I was, I was like a blogger, a copywriter, and I was, um, doing a piece for a, a woman named Francine Lefrac interviewing her, um, for a, um, a, a story about, um, a trade not aid initiative that she founded to help rehabilitate women survivors. And, um, in doing that research, I just started coming across survival stories. And like I said earlier, the fact that Rwanda has the highest percentage of women in government of any country in the world. And that blew my mind after seeing, you know, what they went through and how many men were killed. And, um, and, and so I just took that. I was, I, I it was like, it haunted me. I couldn't let it go. Um, I always, I always quote the, the Maya Angelou quote, um, there's no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside you. And that's genuinely how I felt with the story. Like it felt like it was like burning me up from the inside. Like I had to get it out because it felt like it just mattered so much to the world. And so I started on the path of, um, of writing it. It was my first feature script that I ever wrote. It was like my learning tool. You know, I was reading all the screen, you know, screenwriting books. I didn't go to film school. So I was reading all the books and teaching myself how to write a screenplay. And so I, I wrote, I wrote the script over many, many, many iterations over the 10 years. Um, and then during that journey, you know, once once the script was in a place where it felt like um, it was solid enough, like it was at a place where it had procured me um, representation in the industry, my first agent and management company. And um, so at that point, it was like, okay, now it's time to try to get the film made. Uh, and so that was the next stage of the journey was, you know, you know, the lookbook, the proof of concept trailer, the all the meetings, the producers who came and went, you know, who attached for a shopping agreement and couldn't move the needle. Um, and just like that was, you know, the next like seven or eight years, a Kickstarter campaign where I crowdfunded 65 grand wow. and uh, yeah. And eventually meeting Ron Ray, um, and him taking, you know, taking the baton and the, the, together we ran the rest of the way with it. I mean, I asked you to take me on a journey and that is exactly what you did. Like, even the creation of this script kind of has me in awe because that's, that's the dream, right? All of the people listening to this who want to break into this business, who want to create, who say, I didn't go to film school or I don't know the right people or I don't know how to do it, but I know I have a story in me. And then you just write it like you read the books and you keep the day job and you write it and you you know hold on to it until it comes to fruition that is just that is just really inspiring to me and I'm sure um, a lot of other people so I mean a script like that that you live with for so long like what made it ready you know like when did you know it was time that's a good question. I don't know if the script is ever ready. <laughs> I feel like you could, could you could continue to edit and edit forever. That's the writing process, right? Um, I think I think you know there were I was I was I was doing revisions up until you know shooting. Yeah. Um, I think it's just for me what what locked it in honestly was um, well I'd say the first the first lock in was. Uh, I'd been working on it for maybe a couple of years and I found a, a Rwandan genocide survivor who lived outside of LA 
and uh, she had fled and she moved with her kids to, to California. And I sent it to her. I, I connected with her. I found a way to connect with her and sent her the script. And that was like a really big moment of truth for me, like just having permission, being, you know, sort of endowed with like the, the, the permission to, to make this movie. Um, and she came back with really positive feedback. She said she loved it. And she said, thank you for telling this beautiful story. And, and, and she was, that was, that was an amazing moment for, for me and for the, the path of the film, I think. And then the next, the next thing was, um, once we had cast the film and we had our week of rehearsals, like we were in production we were in prep and we we're about to make this movie. And we had five days of rehearsal before shooting. And from the, first day of rehearsal, like the first scene, you know, I had done my homework, I'd done my script breakdown, I had all the ideas and tools and everything to, you know, to help make these scenes work as they were rehearsed. And these women came together and they, they went through the first scene and it was like, the chemistry was there, it clicked, it was like, oh, I have, I have like, very little <laughs> to like, to correct here to re, you know, configure what's happening, because it, they just, and they were so sweet. I was like, you guys are brilliant. Oh my God. And they're like, it's the writing. And I was like, no, it's you. And they're like, no, it's the writing. Mm -hmm. So it was, that was a big moment. Like, oh my God, it's working. It's working. Yeah. Wow. You know, I'm thinking about Alana's journey to make this film and what it takes from her and what that vantage point must be like. And then to have Nicole on this call who you know, is in a different boat, like has a lot of experience and a lot of connections. And I think a lot of weight and, you know, well-earned respect in the industry, like this feels like an example of somebody recognizing that power and using it to empower, you know, others of us. Um, Nicole, like, what is it like to kind of sit in that kind of power and be able to wield it in a way that I think you know, moves the needle. In all honesty, I studied African American history in college. I work at the Grio. I write about content by us and about us all day, every day. Um, and, you know, my reference point of, of the genocide in Rwanda is still Hotel Rwanda. Right. You know, like, right. So right. To, to bring a, another piece of that and and I think also bring that to a new generation. There's a whole bunch of people whose reference point to the genocide in Rwanda will now be trees of peace. Yes. And that that's what I and I love I love that you brought that up because for me, I told Alana this before, it was also from the female perspective that was so different from Hotel Rwanda. Yeah. Re, for, you know, really only females talking about it and from their perspective and Women, I was just, you know, talking to a group last night and saying, you know, we really do carry the world. We just do. Yeah. And it's okay. You know, men have their purpose too, but it's okay. We're very good at it. You know, so I look at it as God knows that we're capable and we do it and it moves. And I think when women really connect and uh, serve, I think, you know, when your intentions just seem to line up. And for me, growing up in the household that I did, you know, my mom uh, and my father both always were opening doors. That's all I saw in my life was them sharing their blessings in their way of opening a door, making a connection, hoping for the best that it worked, understanding that they weren't responsible for the full outcome, but but they were responsible to with to be responsible with their blessings. 
and to share. And, you know, my father's purpose is I, you know, that's why I made the film on him. You know, I knew very young, I was like, oh, I get it. You know, I always used to watch The Wizard of Oz and think, oh, that's what my dad does. He's he's Oz. He's the one behind the curtain who makes all these things happen. But he knew from, you know, his mentor who said to him, you know, his mentor is this guy, Joe Glazer. He was a Jewish man. And he said, you know, I don't really like all Jewish people, but I have my purpose is to help them. That that's my and so you're you're so I'm teaching you, young man, you don't have to like all black people, but you do have um you do have a job to help as many people as you can. If I'm gonna open these doors for you, you know, it's not just for you. And and what and I so so knowing that and growing up with that and watching my mom, I mean, she would serve communities in Watts, every out everywhere outside of Beverly Hills. And I would get in the car and say, like, where are we going and what are we doing and why? But her point was because there are lots of people with different stories and there are lots of people with different lifestyles. And, and, and some people need a break and some people need to know that they're valued and supported and seen. And if we can go and just give something, so my mom would tutor, my mom would buy bicycles. You know, my mom worked with Sweet Alice here in LA for 40 years, you know, and buying, and the last good deed my mom did was buying 300 bicycles. I didn't even know that. I had to watch that on the news. So to bring this full circle, to answer your question, for me being in the position that I'm in now in my life, it is the greatest honor for me to come across people like Alana who have done the work, you know, not, she didn't just show up with some dream. She did the work. As she said, she self-taught, read the books, did the work, kept her job, kept moving. And I think that when people, you know, when, when, when the time is right, it's, it's, it's such a blessing for me to be able to sit in this position and say, Oh my gosh, I would love to help you in any way that I can, because I'm so excited a for the story and B for your journey. And, and I think that that's, that's all I really know about human beings. Cause you know, people, everyone looks at my dad as this great, you know, man of power, but there were a lot of people who had to open doors for him to be able to sit where he's sitting, you know? So for me, it's, it's always a revolving door of support, of value, of respect, of showing up for people. It's, and it, it comes in all shapes and sizes. I've seen it all my life. And people would be shocked, you know, there. And, and, and for me, I've always been about the underdog. So for me, I've always been about those untold stories about people that, you know, or, or history. And this was such important history and being an ambassador to just like Alana said, to, to know that you have all these female leaders in government in Rwanda more than anywhere else. That was a big deal for me. Yeah. And, and I, and people should know that and people should study them and they should, but also study uh, stories of hope. Yes. Because without hope, you really don't have anything. Yes. It's kind of crazy to think about how um, a film that is so at times hard to watch, mainly because you know that it's real, still manages to end up, at least for me, as uplifting and as empowering. And I found myself, you know, over the turmoil of the last couple of years, there were different times where I was thinking of different people in history, you know, like John Lewis or my grandmother, like really all of the sudden needing to know 
where she was and what she was doing back when those things were happening that we used to read about in our history books and we're now seeing played out on the nightly news like whoa where's my roadmap right like where's my roadmap to navigate this nightmare and then you see something like this and somehow it it manages to remind you what people live through and what communities actually thrive in in spite of um and i was somehow like comforted by that and like inspired by that, you know, I hate to say resilience, you know, cause it makes it sound like, like you, we just bounce back and it's easy. Like, of course it's not, but living through trauma and thriving anyway, mm-hmm. as individuals and as people, um, I thought this was a really intense and like unexpected way to, to, to bring that out. Um, what was your experience with that part? With, the. Uh... Like, I mean, how do you, you know, I mean, was that on purpose? Like, I'm going to weave hope into this. Oh, yeah. Tragic, tragic, hard to tell story, you know, and then you did it in a room, right? I referenced Hotel Rwanda, which is like fighting and machete. like you see a lot of stuff and you're like, holy shit. But somehow like that similar like weight and even perspective on this thing that really happened and these people who really lived it was attained from us looking at four girls in a room mm-hmm. yeah the whole absolutely time. <laughs> yeah 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 it had to be I mean the, the, the sort of the purpose like the, the big picture purpose of it is like you have the larger war you know and then you have the women in this room which is a microcosm of the war and it's about the it's, it's about the interpersonal conflict and the war within as well like our internal demons that we battle with that we contend with coming out and rearing their ugly heads in a setting where it's like a mini war in this room it starts out that way but yes it has to be infused with hope because um well, I think it, as as it being uh, you know inspired by true events, it, it reflects a hopeful ending, you know, of hopeful outcome. I think Rwanda is still working towards reconciliation, and it's still like you said, it's not, it doesn't just come easy. It's not like boom, we're here. It's like work and tears and you know hearts are poured into this effort. Um, but that's what's so I think inspiring about it, and what makes it so worthy of 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 a movie, you know, of a film that, you know, now millions of people have seen thanks to Nicole and, and, um, Netflix and everything. Um, and, uh, I just think that it's, and also to get, you know, a little bit more granular with it, like literally it was really important to me to have one of the last images of the film is literally women lifting each other up. They're physically, literally lifting each other up out of this room to get to safety. And that was a really important symbol symbolism to me, because it's, I think it's something that's so universal. It permeates, you know, war. It permeates, you know, this has happened. It's happening again in Ukraine right now. It's, it's something that, you know, it has, you know, unfortunately history repeats. But outside of that as well, um, it's, it's in every, it's, it's in so much of the fabric of, of our lives as people, just regular people with hopes and dreams. Um, you know, I can even speak to like the dream of getting this film made. You know, I felt like it's my duty as a, as a, as a filmmaker with this being haunted by this to tell this story. And that's the tool. That's like my, my activism, you know, as a filmmaker is using the film as a tool to tell these stories so the world gets to hear them. And like having Nicole come on board 
and, you know, her seeing the, an early cut of the film and, and going, okay, I see something here. And, and, and again, like taking the baton, you know, and running with it and, and getting this film in front of millions of people is like her lifting me up. You know, that's like the inspi- this inspiring thing. There's hope at the end of the, you know, light at the end of the tunnel, there's hope. We get to lift each other up as women. And we, you know, as she was saying a minute ago, it's like this, it's a full circle. It's, it's, you know, now I'm inspired to, you know, to hopefully someday do that for someone else. And it's, so it's like, it had to be infused with hope because, because, you know, again, it just, it permeates so much of, of life in, in countless, you know, countless aspects of how we can look at the world. What do you think about this film becoming a reference point. And I think a reference point at a time where that particular kind of reference is really important for us to share with young people, you know, who may not understand how bad things can get. There's a whole lot of people of all ages right now who have tuned what's happening in Ukraine clean out, not because they're heartless, not because they don't care or have compassion, but it's like, there is a long, this is a long list of things to be very worried about clear and present that feels far, feels white, like feels old. They'll figure it out. Like, you know, what's happening with my body in my state. And, you know, is someone going to hurt me when I walk out my door? Like those, that's the reality of, I think at least American people right now, and certainly in communities of color. And then you also are able to point to examples of why that is relevant like you know that it is happening again that it has happened before and that it absolutely not only could only but has happened to us and can again like that's a real that's a real I think seed to plant um you know and it's very relatable when the people on screen look like us Mm -hmm. it's more relatable for sure when people look like you and I think, but to your point, I think that it's very important to go back to understanding that if, if you're a part of, of the human race and you've seen the human race do this, I mean, I used to, I remember once teaching this class a long time ago and I had to remind my kids, I look, we were doing the continents and so we were going around the continents. I said, fighting here, fighting here. I went to every single one. And I said, some of these some of these people are fighting against each other, they're white. In this continent, they're fighting each other against each other, they're black. And in this continent, they're fighting against each other and they're Asian. And I went on and on and on. And I said, and from the beginning of time, this has been happening. You have to understand this. You have to know history, all history. You have to understand human history of you know, Japan used to be hit by, you know, so-and-so. And then, you know, all the Asian countries of, of people don't even understand. I'm like, everyone's been fighting everybody. You think Africans just start, African, in our movie, tribal tribes fighting other tribes. Yeah. And, you know, um, Europeans fighting Europeans from the beginning of time. And it's not pretty. It's not fun. It's not good. And... And I think with this film, you know, you know, when you brought up Ukraine, it's it's a reminder of, oh, my God. I mean, seriously, in a couple of months, we were all hearing rumors of this might happen. This might happen. And then you turn on the news three days later and we're seeing children's hospitals being bombed and people just, you know. And so for me, again, wherever it's happening, 
it's important for everyone to pay attention. It's an important, it's important for people to care because it can happen to anybody at any time. And life has proven that unfortunately, but it, it, it has happened everywhere and people have to care about everyone because everybody wants, it's so funny. Everybody wants everyone to care about what happens to them. And my whole thing is, okay, that's good. But then you definitely have to care when it happens to somebody else. Cause it's never just about one group of people. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think, you know, what Alana did with her film, it's just, uh, again, I can't say, I, I can't say it enough. The, the, the amount of hope that is given in this film, which I really do think that people need now more than ever or at all times. But, but I mean, I try to be anchored in hope. I try to be because without it, I, I know when I'm hopeless, I can tell when I'm hopeless because my energy's down. You know, I'm not thinking about the future. I'm looking in the rear view mirror. You know, I'm all that. And I'm like, oh, and I have to catch myself. Like I am completely, I have to re-anchor myself in hope and start over again. And I think this film reminds people that life is fragile and life is important and it is a gift for everybody. And, and no one really has, you know, we all violate each other so much. And what I, I think people have hope with this film of reminding each, like, again, just life is fragile, life is important, life is a gift and, and know your history. Because the more history you know, the less you're going to repeat it. You know, hopefully you look at this and say, oh, I definitely don't want, I, when my mom always made me watch history things or documentaries, I always decided, oh, I definitely don't want to be the bad person. Right. I don't want to be the person who's causing pain. I want to be the person who's creating solutions. I want to be the person who's bringing goodness. But you have to make a decision. Just to quickly add to that too, like it's crazy looking back at the 10-year journey of this film and the the different wars over the course of the film that have always been like, the film has just been relevant, you know, the whole time, you know, but before, and while it was in development, it was like, I remember um, in Syria, the, the Islamic state, like the, was like five years ago, you know, and, and, you know, it's just, and then Trump, you know, happening here and like the very clear slippery slope of hatred that broke out in this country like that. And it's mm -hmm. like, oh my God, there we go again. There we go again. There we go again. And I'm like, this is why I'm making this movie. Like it is. Yeah. yeah. And that's like what has the power to literally change you, like change how you see and understand the world. When I learned about the gen genocide in Rwanda the first time, I remember being equally appalled that, that America and no one else like did anything and right. being like, that could never. And I'm, I mean, I'm talking when the movie came out as young as I was like, that could never happen now, you know, like, thank God there's news and internet <laughs> now, that kind of stuff could never go down. And then when you recognize that this is that, right, that yeah. Ukraine is that and Syria is that and all these other things happening is that, yeah, my, yes. like, wow, <laughs> you're yeah. changed. You are literally yeah. changed. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It's scary. Yeah. And then you also maybe realize that despite what you thought you would do, if faced it with this, with something like what you just saw in this powerful movie, you might be part of the problem too. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Really good point. Yeah. So lastly, I think that's my kind of where I want to stop is like, what do you hope that, that people really do walk away with this, you know, 
differently, what they really end up taking from this. Because like I said, I think it really, you know, I think in years we'll see this being a tool and being a reference point, but like, what is it that you hope people, you know, take away from this project that they didn't come with? Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of things that, you know, I, I want people to go come up with the knowledge of, of, of how Rwanda and how the women of Rwanda have come through this and pulled the country through this. And, and, you know, that example of healing and reconciliation in that country. And as compared to like, you know, here in the United States where it's like, what slavery, we're going to just, we're going to just take that out of the history books, you know? And, um, you know, that's another big reason I made the film. Um, so taking away just that knowledge, um, and then personally taking away, um, you know, the, the, the conversation, the conversation these women have in this, in the film that leads them to form this sisterhood, that kind of forced conversation, the forced, you know, uh, the force, the forced, um, purging of like the demons, you know, I, I wish, I really wish people would, um, go, Oh, you know, what, what that looks like to heal yourself and then to heal, to, to turn in inward and heal yourself. And then also to be willing to, to, to heal a stranger, you know, to, and, and someone who's so different from you at face value, you'd never have a conversation with, who yeah. you'd never take the time to get to know. But then when, when, when trapped, literally trapped with, you know, someone who seems to be your opposite, they could be your sister. They could be your brother. They could be just like you. You have so much in common and it's right there and you don't even know it. Yeah. And so wishing people would take that away from the film is really a big one for me. Thanks, Alana. How about you, Nicole? I, for me, I was just writing it down. I think, um, for me, I really wanted people to watch this film and take away, come away with it with gratitude for all the people who've come before them, um, who, who gave them a chance to be free in various different ways. And to really recognize that we're all standing, like I said it before, we're all standing on the shoulders of other people that have gotten us to this place. And it's a reminder of, A, don't take your freedom for granted, and B, use your freedom wisely, because it wasn't easy to get it. And we, none of us on this call right now had to go fight for it, by the way. Yeah. So we fight for little things different, you know, here and there, like, oh, I wish I had a seat at the table. Well, how about, you know, just having rights and, 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 and what we have and the right to vote and the right to own a house now, the right to do all these things that people really fought for. And these type of films I'm always drawn to because it reminds you of the people that came before you, whether you, you know, most of them that we don't know, that we can't even think personally but what we can do is, with our lives, thank them by doing, by, by being good and doing good and showing up and serving other people. And I think Alana wrote such a beautiful script and, and, and shot the most beautiful scene, like she said, at, at the end of people lifting everybody up. And, and that's what we're here to do. But that's my big takeaway for everyone. That's my big wish for the takeaway of reminding, you know, it reminds all of us that none of it can be taken lightly or should be taken for granted. And we should be very grateful to have our freedoms and to really use it, to use our life in the very best way 
um, to make make our to Alana's point, it doesn't mean you have to go save the world. You know, it doesn't in your in 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 your lane right now in this moment. If you're at a coffee shop, you don't know who you're going to come into contact with. Opening the door from for somebody, people don't even do that anymore. By the way, just common decency. I mean, it's amazing how people just or smiling at the person at the grocery store who says, "Hi, how are you." You know, I, I notice people are just like, yeah, good. Anyway, where's this? Where's the sugar? No one's even looking at each other anymore. And it's not cool. And that's how that's how we all get divided when we stop even just the common decency of looking back at someone. And when someone says, hi, how are you? Instead of saying, fine, and keep walking. How about fine? How are, thanks. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah. Again, just the common thread of humanity and seeing each other. And I hope people take that away from the film of just right. right oh, that's right. You know, we're part of we're we're a part of this whole thing called life and this this race called the human race. Yes. Yeah. Uh, thank you both so much. This was such a pleasure speaking with you um, about this profoundly important project. Um, and I'm so grateful that you both made and so grateful that you discussed with me today. Oh, I'm so happy and I love everything you do and oh. you keep going because what you do is phenomenal. And my, I take my hat off to you. I think it's real. What you've created is incredible and so important. And believe me, you're, you're changing lives with your life. So thank you. Thank you yes. so much. And Alana, it's such you, a Courtney. pleasure to meet you. So excited Likewise. and impressed by what you've been able to do and can't wait to see what's next from you. Thank you so much. Thank you sure. for having us. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Acting Up. Download the Grio app to listen to Acting Up and other great podcasts. See you soon.